Welcome. That was an interesting intro with the countdown like that. We're we're on a new platform recording, trying to get this hate, out on the YouTubes. I think I hated that. I, I it was way too long. You I well, you said countdown and I was expecting well, like three, two, one. Not well, 30 yeah, I mean we could edit it to three, two, one. Yes. But like yeah, I don't I don't know. That was that was something else. It felt like it was uh what was that stupid game that everybody played for a while? Trivia HQ. Oh gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's what that felt like for me. That was Dude, that, that was, was like that. seven years ago. Yeah. That, that was popular. Is that thing still around? Uh no, but I did see something not that long ago. I think it was probably on TikTok of like some of the hosts are like now their NDAs or whatever are expired, so they're talking about it more. So that was interesting. Uh, so while it has not officially announced a shutdown, they have not done a game since November 17, 2022. People were still playing that thing until last year. Did you ever win? I never got even close. No. Yeah, it was too hard. No, I played for like a week and then I was like, yeah, this is too. Oh, I played all the time. Like I was dedicated there for a few months. I yeah, rode the hype train. Lot of, it was fun. A little more of that. I mean, this is a good, interesting start because we one of you have started the daily dose which yeah. is a a new variant of getting gehp content just trying to do like everyone's pushing shorts tiktoks are the thing so basically just getting you know recording like a 2 to 3 minute blurb of what the of what the BYU news was the day before and just posting on youtube tiktok whatever all the different short videos get the dopamine rush of yeah what you need for the coogies. And I mean, at the end of the day, we all have ADD now. So we're just trying to support all of us who have ADD that you can't yes. focus for more than a few minutes. That's all we got. We got We empty the tank real quick. So we got to keep mm -hmm. it stocked. The, so one of the comments, so somebody posted what you shared about Cody Epps mm -hmm. and about, you know, he's, he's back. He, you know, he, he entered the portal Sunday night, right. decided to return and somebody posted it on Cougar Board, and then they, in the comments, someone was like, I tried listening to their podcast, and like I expect when I listen to a BYU show for the content to be 90% about BYU. Yeah. Ooh. And so the first item that you put in here in our agenda is, what do you say to people who say we don't talk enough about BYU on this show? Yeah, I mean, shout well, out to... If we uh, don't, that's fine. Like, deal, it's deal not it. for you. Like there's, uh, I mean, what other part? Like Criddle's got his podcast. Go to Criddle. Joe Wheat, Jay Catch does a great job. Catch is watching you. There's like the hype train. There's well, and, and Jake especially, right? Like Jake is all business all the time. If that's what you're looking for, Jake's your guy. Go listen to Lockdown yeah. Cougars. Yeah, if that's if that's the flavor that you want, but this is not trying to be like this you know, all business, whatever, like this is meant, we've talked about this before. This is meant to be the fans show, right? Yeah. Like in season, 90% of what we talk about is football, BYU football related. Right. Or our picks are, you know, kind of college football at large national things, but yeah, yeah. out of the season, like, which is funny though. Cause interesting. Cause if you go on Cougar board and you like peruse it, it's not football season. I would, I mean, you're on a BYU sports message board website. Does this person expect 90% of the discussion to revolve around BYU sports? Yeah, Which during football season, if you look at it, probably does. But I've heard it described as Mormon Reddit. 
because it's oh, one of the few message boards that has like categories all over the place, right? In our categories all over the place, a lot of what we've how we've structured our Discord with having like a food channel and a business channel, whatever, and having non-sports related things was kind of patterned similarly of like, yeah, we are here, like BYU sports is what brought us here. But the water cooler talk around, you know, across the board is what's going to keep us here as we kind of build a community and get to know each other outside. Of, you know, you build some depth and breadth yeah. to like just talking about the single thing. So if this is not your flavor of how you want to consume information, that's fine. I don't really care. Like it's we're not going to change. And I am not you cannot be all things to all people. So, right. If it's not for you, it's not for you. And. I don't take it personally. So first off, shout out to Caleb Presley and Sunday Conversations for what do you say to people who say? I mean, that's kind of his catchphrase that I just blatantly stole it right from him. What do I say to people who say we don't talk enough about BYU? I say respectfully, go pound sand. Because how boring is your life that when you have a ticket to a football game on Saturday... You park, you immediately walk to the to the bent or to the, the bleachers to your seat, you sit down, you put on your headphones, you listen to nothing but pregame, you don't allow yourself to emote, you don't cheer, you don't get mad because you are there for the game and you only care about the game. And then when the game is over, you robotically make 90 degree turns until you reach your car. And you immediately turn on 1160 and you listen to more about the game and the game. And then when the game is over, you go to church on Sunday and you just, I guess, wait until the next game. I mean, how sad that there are only six days of your life that are apparently fun. And if that sounds harsh, one, I'm not real worried about you hearing what I have to say, candidly, because you're not listening to this. But also, have some fun, man. Like, college football is fun. And college football is meant to, like, bring people together. And, and college football does not happen in May. Well, and it doesn't happen in May. But that's the coolest thing about, about our, our community at Give Them Hell Brigham. So I've had – I think I shared this message with you a few weeks ago. I got a message from a, of somebody I didn't know on Twitter, and it was somebody's wife who is a subscriber, they're on our Discord. And the wife was like, look, Jeff, I thought that you guys were awful at the beginning and I would like actively get mad at my husband because he would spend time on your Discord server talking to a bunch of internet strangers and it was weird. He said, but when, or she said, I guess, when, when there was tragedy in his family, somebody passed away or I, I can't remember what happened. When there was a tragedy in his family, this person turned to the Give em Hell Brigham community for support and that community turned around and gave that support right back. Give them hell. Brigham is, is about more than football. That's why we talk about more than football. We try to have fun. We try to get real. We try to keep it light sometimes because we're humans. This is a, a fan podcast, not a football podcast. This is about being a fan. And sometimes being a fan is about, you know, putting your arm around the guy next to you and having a good time. It's about, you know, going to a going to a barbecue, going to a tailgate, have a dinner. That that's part of being a fan. It's about the plane ride that you and your buddies take, and you're screwing around at the airport, or you're making jokes on the airplane while you're traveling to a game. Like that's part of that fan experience too. 
And that's what Give Him Hell Brigham is. If you want something else, by all means, go get something else. But if you're going to criticize us for being fans, well, then, yeah, you can kindly go pound sand. That's what I say to you. Kindly go pound sand. And we do have it, – it is – I don't know. I was trying to – I was talking to somebody about a couple people from the Discord uh, in a group text that someone started a couple weeks ago. And we were talking about somebody in there, and I won't say who it was, but they – who – It was freaking uh, Hartman, he, wasn't it? Dude, it's always Hartman. Dude, Hartman, what a it. jackass. Like, it's hey, so annoying. But if, but if you are listening and have made it this far, uh, go buy Sister Hartman's book. Yeah. The, what, uh, what, let's, uh, because the, we like to give Hartman crap all the time, let me look because I just bought his book. My or, daughter just, just finished it. Oh, and what is her review? She loved it. Uh, she said, the Lion of Lark Hayes Manor, written so, by Aubrey Hartman. It is available. It just was released this week. Just this week on Amazon and Audible. My nine-year-old daughter new release in children's lion, yeah. tiger, and leopard books. So my nine-year-old daughter's a reader. She's probably. I mean, she's read a million times more books than I have already. And uh, she said it was her third favorite book of all time. She's already started to reread it to determine if it deserves a higher spot on her favorite book hierarchy. So That's good job, the- good job, Sister Hartman. Uh, I get why you would have time to write a good book like that because I can't imagine that being married to Mr. Hartman is very fun. So yeah, sneak away and write a book. I get it. But good job. The results it. are great. Anyway, it was not Brother Hartman. Ah. Um, but the we were talking and I was like, this is there's somebody who joined the Discord, I don't know, sometime last season, maybe a little bit before last season. But over the time that he's joined, I was talking about I'm like this dude is genuinely one of the kindest, like just best dudes that you will ever meet. I've never yeah. met him in person yet. Okay. Someday I hope to. But then also looking at him or like his pictures, if it was not for the Discord and like coming up into, you know, bring us together, I don't know that I ever would have interacted with him. Mm. Right. And so something that I was thinking about the other day is we were thinking about like our community that we've built is that probably one of the best things is that it has put me in contact with people that I otherwise wouldn't talk to. Yeah. And made me realize like, you know, there's even if someone is a total goober and you would never like, you know, want to be best friends with them or whatever. It's like, there are just still so many good people and Hartman out there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and we're being totally facetious by the way about about Hartman. He's also a great dude. But the and so it was it was just something I've thought about and it was like and I think uh let me find uh let me see. I don't know I don't know if this is recording this way but your your microphone's doing that alien fax machine noise again. Oh so. gosh, I don't hear it. it if it if it's recorded that way, we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, so it us. might be like a short in my microphone cord or something. Something. But I'll have to find. Here, let me see what I said. But it was like, uh, where did? Oh yeah, I said person name is the. Uh, where did it go? I said person's name is the face of the great guy total goober movement, and I one hundred percent support it. The world would be a thousand times better with more guys like him. So if you feel like that describes you, there's probably, well, one, there's probably multiple of you that that describes. And we welcome all of you. And we are glad you you. are here. 
Yeah. All of you. And I mean, look at us. Like, you're, you're a good looking guy, but look at me. I, I mean, look, we can see it on camera here. I don't have a neck. It's gone. And yet, I feel like I belong at Give Him Hell Brigham. So even if you're neckless, if you have no hair and not necklace like you're wearing a necklace, if you are without neck, this is the place for you. And there's several of us who don't have, who lost the ability to have a neck. I mean, let's let's say what it is. I put it in the agenda. I put the name in the agenda so you could say. Okay, confirmed. You agree? Yeah. Great guy. I think I've met him. And I can confirm. Can't confirm, but the I don't, Jeff, is there anything we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks because you've been like busy, busy with actual work stuff? Yeah, that sucked. But uh, so it's... we haven't been able to. The stars have not aligned for us to record. Right. But uh, is what is new in the household? Well, I oh that alien fax machine noise. It's there. It makes me wince. I'm trying to keep talk talking. I'm going to unplug my microphone and plug it back in again, see if it uh, fixes it. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, what's new in my life? I no longer have a Blackstone, which is a pretty big development for me. Um, here's the story of why I don't have a Blackstone. I mean, that's I a pretty good moment for the show because you, yeah. you need well, a Blackstone. You got to get You do. And I, and I, hold on. So I had a cover on my Blackstone, right? Blackstone, it's winter. I don't know if you've heard, but it's snowed a lot this winter here in the state of Utah. And uh, I live kind of in an area that I get this weird amount of wind sometimes that we've never, I've never had before. So anyway, cover blew off. Well, there was so much snow. I'm rarely in my backyard throughout most of the winter. Cover blew off the Blackstone, and it was heavily, heavily rusted. And it's a Blackstone. That's the beauty of these griddles is that you can unrust and bring them back to life pretty quickly. But I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. And when my wife, and I hope she's not listening today, she usually doesn't. Uh, but when my wife came in, and was like, oh, my gosh, your Blackstone looks awful. Like, is that is that even going to work anymore? I saw a wonderful opportunity for myself to say, yeah, you know what? It might be broken. And to be fair, that wasn't a lie because it's pretty rusty. Like it's going to take a good amount of CLR to get the rust off and then re-seasoning and all that stuff. I don't know if it will come back. I think it probably could if somebody was willing to do the work, but I didn't want to do the work. And I saw her just, just ever so slightly, Garrett, crack that door open where I could upgrade my griddle. Ah, there we that's go. what we're doing. And so... Uh, I'm currently in the in the midst of the research. The Traeger griddles are probably the uh, the top of the line right now, but they're like 900 bucks, and it's way Dude, too- the Traeger griddles are going to be overpriced because yeah. it's got the Traeger name. Yeah, on. exactly. They already are. But Weber has a griddle now that's got a cover, and the thing I like about the Weber griddle is the space from burner to griddle is like thin. Like there's not a lot there which mm. means that with wind and all that crap, you can regulate your temperature a lot more easily. So I'm, I'm leaning towards this Weber griddle. They have a better, different, but better, I think, grease distribution, like the drainage system. I like that. That's more. not surprising because so, Weber is usually like late 
to yeah. the game. Like for some of the, I mean, other obviously they've had like their they old got the school, kettle. Like, everyone needs a Weber kettle. You have yep. to have a Weber kettle. No, I don't. Yep. You are not a man if you don't own a Weber kettle. Well, that's the unfortunate I'll, truth. I'll make, but the you know the other stuff like they're uh, like they do have like pellet grills and things, and as they've gotten into that, they've kind of waited and they they've made sure to do it right. Like they yeah. want to improve on the mistakes of others. Well, so, and they rolled they I'm rolled not surprised. out. They rolled out their kettle or their uh, their pellet grill, and it sucked like bad. And so I think that they've been really careful not to do that again. And so they they rolled out the new model. Oh, yeah, you're right. I was I was thinking of the uh, Camp Chef pellet grill. Yeah, a lot oh, of people like the Camp nice. Chef, like yeah, a lot the of people fire, do. Woodwind or whatever. But they That's they've done well. Doing. So Weber adjusted quickly, fixed whatever it was they needed to fix, and I think those those pellet grills are fine now. They have owned the gas grill space for a long, long, long time. And their griddle has been out for a little while now. And f- from all that I've seen so far, that's that's currently the leader in the clubhouse. People seem to love the Weber griddle. So I don't have a Blackstone, but that is because I am looking at upgrading. I found somebody to take my Blackstone from me, family member. I did not sell it for two reasons. One, family member. Why would I sell it? Two, I felt like in order to keep the con going... I couldn't sell something that I knew was broken because, right, that's why we're getting rid of it. It's broken. So I had to give it away. And I was like, oh, yeah, somebody's willing to take our broken griddle. No, it's free, but it's broken. So they're really doing our, our dump haul for us. Uh, so I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, that's where I was. When you've been married, I've been married for 10 years this year, man. Gosh, and when you've been married this long, here. I know. That's what I feel like. I did. We did put this up. I've decided if you are too old Mm -hmm. that, or basically this, if there is no information about any of your high school sports teams Mm. found on maxpreps.com, that qualifies you as a boomer. That is my internal cutoff of someone who is a boomer. Because if you played it, even if it's like you're in that weird in between when Max Preps was just getting started, like, you know, like the 2006. You know, like when we were towards the tail end of, I mean, I graduated from high school in 09, but what did you graduate? 2007? 2007, yeah. So it's like you're on the tail end. It's like maybe some of the schools on the forefront in the communities where we're like being adopting technology were maybe on there. But if you know. <laughs> I got to look this you up. Know, I don't see. know. What high school did you go to again? Clearfield. Like, I don't know if they have. Oh, man. 07, 08 was the first year I graduated 06, 07. Dude, I mean. So, I am a boomer. Uh, that's Clearfield, Pennsylvania. Uh, so, I mean, that might be the cutoff. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, wait, Clearfield's colors are green. Yeah. Uh, for why did I think that they were like maroon, like Jordans? Um, I don't know. But no, never anywhere near maroon. Always green and black and gray. Yeah, well, so that was uh. So Jeff, I think you are. You maybe officially be even married for double digits now. There's nothing about your sports history. Yeah. On. I've already. I've passed my 15 year anniversary. What are, What do you even call them? High school reunion. It's gone. Oh, like so. I'm at. I'm at 16 years now. Yeah. My post graduated self has a driver's license. Yeah. Dude, that's, I mean, and then pretty soon, you know, then you're coming up on the, you know, half your life was after high school. Yeah. Thing. That's going to, that's the next thing around the corner. 
we're currently in the midst of a, this is not related to being a boomer, but we're in the midst of a long work project that has been delayed and delayed. And we've run into just about every imaginable problem. And uh, we're going on so many years now that I discovered this week that it's been 15% of my life. I've been on this project. So that, that hurt, that hurt a little yeah. bit. The, I had one other thing. I didn't put this in the agenda. Okay. Did Good, you ever... We don't need to talk about BYU sports. It's May. It is May. The Did you ever do like any sort of martial art when you were growing up? Or no. did you kids ever do martial arts? Um, my my son is currently in a ninja class, and they actually call it ninja class. But it's like not the like... like the running like obstacle course, like ninja training. Kind yeah, of thing. Uh, the fax machine's back. You need a reboot. But yes, uh, so it's like the training for American Ninja Warrior thing. I never did like karate or anything like that. But this will shock you because you've seen my current physique. I did gymnastics when I was a wee wee lad. I think gymnastics is one of the best things you can do in terms of like athletic development and game. Well, yeah, I mean, and if this isn't the case study of look at how well you can develop athletically if you do gymnastics, well, here just I am. think of just think of how immobile you would be in Oof. your current stature without the foundation. That's, that's a great point. I would be so very solitary. Very. So sedentary. I did. I did. I remember like. When I was little, there was a kid in my class I was friends with, um, and he there was a kid in my class I was friends with who he was like, oh, I do karate, whatever, like, and so I went and we did it for a little bit, and then whatever, and then we had, but then it was like a family friend uh, was it was like one of my brother's friends' dad, I guess mm. so it was like someone who knew him for a long time because my brother and this other kid had grown up together uh, was you know, ran and did judo and he actually was, uh, so he was like a Japanese immigrant and he actually like represented the U S in the Olympics on the Olympic. Okay. Judo team. Wow. And so I was like, so I did judo for a long time, um, or whatever, but now my daughter, she's in a big Mulan face and she, she wants to fight because she wants to be like Mulan because Mulan saved China. Well, Mulan's even though she dope. was a girl yeah. and never yeah. believed, no one believed in her. So she wants to be like Mulan, whatever. So we found there is a, uh, so she started karate lessons this week. Very cool. And just found out, but it was like, it was very different. So obviously like, I don't know, I think I'm not like, you know, super informed on all the different martial arts, whatever, but I think it is, uh, it's probably just whoever's going to be like the best environment. It doesn't matter yeah. which one it is, if you're going to pick yeah. one. So it was interesting though, because they, one thing that they did was that like, so her class, she's in like the pre-K class. It's like for three to five-year-olds. And after it goes to, and then it's like over at 5.30 and then asked her from like 5.30 to 6.30 or 7 or whatever is when the like older kids go like the like eight to 12-ish age range. Does their class, like the intermediate class. And so it was interesting though, because so the older kids, they have to be there for the younger kid class too, but they're there like as junior instructors. And so it was just interesting the way that it was set up because, well, one, it was like good because my daughter being a four-year-old is like, does not like to follow directions and is like in la-la land all the time and like getting a quick response is like pulling teeth, right? And, but the, it was just really cool to see that it was like, as soon as we walked in the door and there's like a new student or she walked in the door, we walked in the door the first day and it was like, oh, you're here, whatever, okay, we'll get you set up. She got her gi, like her uniform. 
And then last night we go back for the second class of the week and she walks in, she's already dressed. And as soon as she walks in, person in charge of the class just said one of the older students' name. Just that's like all he had to all she had to say was she said, uh, I think the girl helped here. She was like Emma. Remember, she's like Emma, door. And the girl's like doing something, she turns around, looks over, comes over, like grabs on and says, Hi, like I'm Emma, I'm gonna be your junior instructor today. Let's go over here. And so the whole class, it's like the older kids are teaching the younger kids. Yeah, that's hypnosis, like, though. I don't know if I like this. No, it's not. Like, no, it's not like no, hypnosis. No, no, no. I've was... seen, I've seen America's Got Talent where somebody's like Howie sleep and they snap and then all of a sudden you no, can shake people's like that, hands. I don't just... know about this. But it's just like super awesome though. And then like how it was like the older kids teaching the younger kids, and then that is cool. as they like went around when they finished, the like older kids would go around and all the parents and like shake their hand, and like thank them. And it was like, they had to talk to a grown up before. Like part of the thing is like the older kids have to like shake their hand, look them in the eye and like talk to one of the like parents, whatever, like a grown up and like thank them for coming, whatever. And so it was really cool. Just the way that they was like structured, uh, this teacher, um, how they're doing it. But so yeah, it's like plus one vote for, uh, getting your kid in any martial art in terms of just like, where it's in, again an environment where it's like someone's going to take them under their wing and be like, "Hey, like you're new, doesn't matter. You're here. You're one of us now." Yeah, let's ride. And that's what we are. At Give them hell, Brigham. Full circle. We will let you in. You're one of us now. Yes. Um, and so the one so- thing that they do is they say turtle, and that is like the kids are all supposed to get down on their knees and like cover, kind of like curl up in a ball, like so they kind of look like a turtle that's in their yeah. shell. And that's what they use for the little kids to like, okay, it's time to stop what you're doing and listen. And so it's because like they'll be doing something and like practicing something. And then the, the teacher is like, like turtle. And then all the kids like stop and they get down. And it's funny though. Cause now even just like this week, I've started doing that when my kids are messing around, I don't need to get their attention. If I'm like, Hey, Hey, stop it. But it's like turtle is like hypnosis in their brain. They hear that word turtle and they immediately stop and get down and go like this and go heads. And then I'm like, okay, you, cool. You're you- listening now. You may need I'm to double, drinking the Kool-Aid, man. You may need to double check and verify that they're not like training them to be like future soldiers of some kind. And there's going to be some dog whistle when they're all seventeen that says "kill," and you're I mean, par- as like, long as there's not killing me, I will feel safer. That's true. As long as uh, we're on last, the same side, it's cool. Last thing, did you see my TikTok I posted today about turtles? Yes, that was actually what it, this is full circle back to that. That uh, was very strange. Of, yeah cooking a turtle that very aggressively chopping up the turtle oh my gosh i don't ever want to see a turtle with the shell removed again that was weird i've seen that irl before i just wasn't expecting it in this uh this article or this uh tiktok but yeah anyway you know who else belongs cody epps belongs he does belong he does belong cody epps um, I don't feel like we need to recap this. Like, if you don't know what's been going on with Cody Epps, then I don't know if you deserve to know at this point. I mean, this news has been everywhere. Entered the transfer portal, decided to come back. He's back. He's back. I mean, that's what let's talk about this from you know now going forward. And in the words that I wrote, actually, this exact quote in a newsletter earlier this week, but in the wise, wise words of uh nick miller you don't deal with exes you burn their memory and you send their ashes down to poseidon and uh we don't talk about the past yeah well they're in the past cody epps he left it's in the past he's back now and it's like if you were on vacation in you know some national park that you don't have 
cell coverage, you may not have even known that he was ever gone. So he's he's back. Uh, how do you think? And I this I did a daily dose on this earlier this week because I think that this is going to be something that has to be addressed. I think BYU is going to be fine, but I want to get your your thoughts on this, Garrett. Uh, Cody left, and it was a shock, right? Like coaches were surprised, teammates were surprised, obviously fans and you know people who don't know him personally were very very surprised. And there's an element of hurt there, right? I mean, that's just the the reality of the situation, especially with a kid like Cody because he had been the face of BYU football throughout a lot of spring ball, right? He, in, in most of the social media content, he is showing up. He's a, an upperclassman. He's a leader within that locker room. So when he up and transfers, that's, that's hurtful, right? I mean, there, there's going to be feelings that were hurt there. Fans will get over it. Fans just want to see him on the football field. They don't care. So he comes back. Awesome. Cody Epps is back. I don't care that he left anymore. Away we go. What kind of residual feelings are there within the locker room? Because great, he's back. I, I Because he's back, I don't think there's anything that can't be resolved. But what does Cody have to do to kind of like regain? I don't know. Do you regain the trust? Did he lose trust? How does he repair those bridges that may or may not have been burned within the locker room? I mean, that's the tough thing, right? Is so he, and also in addition to someone saying that we don't talk enough about BYU, there was someone who's like, you didn't share anything new in your, you know, in your blurb about Cody Epps, right? So there was, there is some uh, reaction, right, of circling the wagons. We saw that last year with Dallin Holker when he left. It was like people kind of knew that, I mean, he had been behaving as if he had one foot out the door for some time. Sure, yeah. And people were kind of an, in the locker room were kind of annoyed with him. So when he was gone, it was like I think we saw Mason Lake post something. There was a lot of people that were just like, later, dude, like dead to me. And kind of like if you're not with us, you're against us, whatever. Kind right. of deal. And so, which I get and, you know, feel, and that's, you know, kind of with Cody and with Cody, I mean, Cody is great because like he's reliable. He knows we know what we're getting. He is not, uh, Cody is not Puka Nakua good. He's not going to be an Austin Collie completely like, you know, be an all, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to be an all American receiver. Um, we saw what he was as a wide receiver three, which is great. But how will he be? You know, the variables and the calculus is different it's when you take the Kakua out of the equation because people have to guard towards an NFL receiver so much that opens up a lot of things for other people, right? And so it's yeah. it's a lot of, you know, whatever. But so I don't think, you know, it's it wasn't like he was this non-replaceable player, right? So it was, but I do think it is obviously... I do like him so, but it is to the point where it's like, you know, there's some players where maybe if like they have an attitude or whatever, or, you know, they're not the best in the locker room, they are good enough that you're like, okay, like, I don't care. I'm willing to put up with it. Like this dude, you know, like if you are, uh, like if you are Cam Newton walking through your door, like I'm sure in 2011, Cam Newton got away with a lot in the Auburn locker room in terms of what, how he talked back to coaches what he did a player, you know, whatever, like he had a lot of options. So the, um, so with that, like how he, you know, 
Cody Epps is not that level of player though. So I could see that coming back, but it just depends on, you know, what does he, what does he say? I mean, it's like who was telling him somebody was probably telling him uh, that he should go into the portal and try it out there. You know, it could be at least a, well, you, this is my last chance. So if I want to even see what's out there, I got to put my name in and see. So I do think we are going to see over the next few years, we're going to see a lot more of, of the I put my name in to see what was out there just to like get a feel for it but I decided to stay uh, I think that's going to be come a lot more common um, but it's uh, there will be an adjustment to it in the locker room mm-hmm. but I don't know I mean I wasn't in the building so I, I don't know how the locker room I think there was probably some conversation of like fine if he thinks he's too good for us then let him go well so yeah he comes back he's gonna have to like he's gonna have to make up some ground like there he's is- gonna have to and, and I think that Cody's more liked, and I, that's hard to say, but I think Cody was more like liked and respected or whatever than, you know, like the Holker situation that you brought up. Like people immediately were pissed at Holker, but it almost was like it felt as a fan, as an outsider, we don't know anything, but it felt like it was a validation of their feelings when this happened because they were just so quick to be like, oh, yeah, like this is who he is. This is blah, 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 blah. Uh, so I don't think, you know, if, if Dallin Holker would have decided five days later to come back and try to get back into BYU, I don't know that he would have been able to do it. I don't know that the, right. the team would have allowed that. Uh, obviously, I think it's different with Cody, but I do think there's some similarities there. So there's just something that's, that's something that's going to have to be watched and monitored. It's something that Kalani and the coaching staff has to really worry about the most, right? I mean, they've got to just make sure that, hey, whatever bridges were burned – or hurt or damaged or whatever, they're okay. We're okay now, right? And so we'll see. We'll see what happens. While Cody was in the portal, BYU added Darius Lassiter uh, from Eastern Michigan. People are talking about Darius Lassiter as if he's uh, like a minor addition to the wide receiver room, and I think that's a mistake. Like I don't think BYU just added Jerry Rice. That's not at all what I'm saying. I don't know that BYU added their top wide receiver either. But I, I think that Darius Lassiter is much more than just an extension of the depth chart, right? I mean, he's a lot closer to BYU's top three receivers than he is to the rest of that wide receiver room. I mean, he's a guy, I get it, it was at the FCS level, but he's a guy who had 40 catches, 450 some odd yards last year. Dude, come on. Eastern Michigan is not not FCS, FCS. but Mac. Right? I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's, come on. I think the... The half the big sky is better than the Mac, though. Yeah, so I don't that, know. That's, that's fair. So okay, Eastern Michigan, a Mac transfer, but like I think that people are getting really hung up on where he came from and not what he did when he was there. Because when you're at a Mac school, you have a Mac quarterback who's throwing to you. You've got other Mac wide receivers that are on your team. Yeah. Like you've got Mac offensive linemen who are per- giving you time. You've got Mac coaches who are developing the scheme, like everything else is max. And especially Eastern Michigan, which is like one of the worst of all time. And and so Lassiter was, I think, third on the team in receptions and fourth on the team in receiving yards. And people hear that and are like, why are we adding wide receiver four from a max school? The top receiver had like six more catches than him. So it's not like this was like a true wide receiver four. It's a lot like what I think BYU is going to look like, that you're going to have four or five guys at the top and they're all going to be sort of wide receiver one or wide receiver five. Like you could make an argument either way, right? So Lassiter's not some scrub. He can play. 
the way that he fits into this offense, I see a lot of Neil Pau in him. He's not going to be a blazing fast guy who, you know, runs a four, three and runs by everybody. And he's also not a five eleven, you know, eleven Hefo Cody Epps guy who's a slot receiver that's going to get by on quickness. He does everything at a pretty good level, kind of like Neil Pau. And when you, when there was a big play that needed to be had, Neil Pau was that guy a lot. So if BYU could get anywhere near Neil Pau production from Darius Lassiter, then they just added a, a big time addition to the offense this year. Well, in and similarly to Neil Powell, right? Like Neil Powell was never asked to be wide receiver one, right? And so it's when you are shopping for a slot receiver, it's different than, you know, when you are asking someone to be the dude, right? And Darius Lasseter is not being asked to be the dude. He is being asked to run really good routes and catch everything close to him, being that third option, finding a soft zone in the bubble. And really anybody who is the right amount of athleticism can be that guy, right? Like when you're, unless you are like an insane level of offense where it's like, Oh, we've got two 1200 yard receivers. And like, you know, we're throwing the ball for 6,000 yards, which is not going to happen. Right. You know, like, I don't know. I'd have to go look what, what were the kind of numbers was the wide receiver three putting up for case Keenum when he was at Houston in 2008. Right. But like, you know, that type of production and you look through it, your wide receiver three is going to be pretty consistent. Right. Like it's was Neil Powell for a really long time, starting from his freshman year in 2017. I mean, obviously he skipped a season, but like he was there consistently. There was Neil Powell for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then before him, it was like Mitchell Jurgens, like not an NFL dude, but Mitchell Jurgens was a very reliable third option because if you do have that wide receiver one, he gets lost in the middle. Like the importance of having, you know, in a lot of ways, it's kind of similar that somebody did ask me, um, somebody did ask about in the, in the discord this week about how like American players in the CFL, like how they get treated or whatever. Cause there's a limit on the number of Americans you can have on your roster. And then you have to have a certain, you're capped at like the number of American starters that you can have to try to like promote. They don't basically don't want American players to come in and completely take over their league. So Part of that, though, is that there's a premium on American skill position players because you can mask, like if your left guard is shaky, then you can mask that, but you can, you still need a good running back and you need a really good receiver, right? And so it's if you there's the premium put on there, and so that's why you have guys like, do you remember the name Quinn Lawler? Uh, barely. I mean, it was he played at BYU in like yeah. 2013, whatever. Yeah. He was born in Canada, so he actually got drafted into the CFL because he was an American body or he was a body that had a Canadian passport that was, you know, playing FBS football. So they're like, oh, well, you're an offensive lineman. We can stick you here and on the ear interior of the offensive line in a very pass heavy league. You can shade around that because you want to just get a body there. And so in a lot of ways that wider, that third or fourth receiver is there. But if you're looking at like, yeah, is Darius Lasher going to come in and be Pugunakua? No, is it going to be Oscar Collins? No, is it going to be Cody Hoffman? Is he going to be even like Gunnar Romney? Probably not, but he doesn't need to be, and he's not going to be asked to be. And if you look at the rest of the room, he raises the average, right? Like it's anything you can do. He, he made the room better. So it's like, is it the ideal? No, maybe not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Fessy thinks he's going to be like he can turn him into an yeah, all-American. He, he might be great. Right? I mean, that's the other thing. But right? if 
But if I can know that someone's going to come in and I can get 50 catches, 500 yards and five TDs out of you, yeah. I'm happy. Like if I yeah. know I like guaranteed, I can get that out of you without you being a flop. That is awesome. We so, still have the question of who is going to step up, right? Like who is going to be the guy? And that's what we don't know. Here's what I say to anybody who's questioning what, why you would bring in a Darius Lasseter, right? Um, everybody was distraught when Epps hit the transfer portal. And I get it. I was upset too, because Epps is, Epps is good. It's going to be very, very good. Last year, Epps had 39 catches for 450 some odd yards, right? I mean, as BYU's wide receiver three or four, whatever you want to classify him as. Um, we're all expecting him to make a huge jump. Why? Because you're expecting him to make a huge jump. He's going to have more opportunities. Therefore, he's obviously going to jump. Well, Darius Lasseter is going to have more opportunities. He had very similar stats at a different school, but very similar production was used in a very similar role as Cody Epps was last year. So if we are reasonably expecting Cody Epps to make a huge jump this year, why would we not reasonably expect Darius Lasseter to make a similar jump playing win a better offense with better supporting cast and a better quarterback? It seems silly to give one of them that benefit of the doubt and not the other one. I think Darius Lasseter will be a very good player for BYU. And frankly, other than Keanu Hill, Epps and Chase Roberts have not proven that they can be dependable, right? They're very good. When they're on the field, they're dependable. They haven't proven they can stay healthy for 12 or 13 games yet. Uh, until they do, you need guys like Darius Lasseter who can step in. And, and that's what BYU got. I think BYU will add... Uh, still potentially two or three wide receivers to the room, which uh, for a conversation for another day is, is that an indictment on the rest of the wide receivers or are they just young? I, I could go either way on that. I don't know yet. Uh, but yeah, I think that they're going to add two or three more bodies if they can find the right guys. So we'll see what the and wide there receivers are. Some, like I know we're going after uh, what's the name? Chance Morrow. Who's mm-hmm. like six, six, like he's like a, Mitch Matthews type receiver words, you know, the, the thing I think we are missing the most, cause like Parker, Parker Kingston, smaller guy, Dom Henry, tiny Keanu Hill, medium size, right? He's basically Neil Powell. Lassiter is not the biggest, but he's not the smallest, right? He's kind of in that range. Epps is on the smaller side, Chase Roberts, bigger guy. So it's, we don't have like, yes. Can Chase Roberts stay healthy and step up? I think he's good enough to do it, but it's like, you know, it's like, will he do that? It's that, I think we need a couple more of those bigger, like the six three to six five type receivers, who can play outside. That's what we're missing yeah, because I right agree. now we're really banking on Chase Roberts stepping up, the way he did in the Baylor game, which he had an amazing game. It was one of the best games by any BYU receiver single game performances ever. Right. But can he do that for the entire season? That's to be determined. And you know you need someone else in there to push him in and another body who can spell him. And I don't know that that other body is on the roster right now. I agree. I hope that other body is Javon Antonio, who's supposed to come on an official visit sometime in the next three or four days. I think he's from like Northeastern State. I don't know where he's from. Some yeah. tiny little school. But it, yeah, it's an all conference. 6'4, 220, was an yeah. all Southland yeah. player Duke, last year. Duke at play. Northwestern he's got, State. He's got a bunch of scholarship offers from, from Power Five programs since he's hit the portal. I mean, he's he's that guy. One year of eligibility remaining, so he could come for four months at BYU and, and try to burst out of the scene and and, and build some did. NFL stock. Dude, I think he could be great. Uh, other transfers, because we haven't really met, haven't had a show that the two of us have been on for a while, and I can't remember what we have and haven't talked about. So real quickly, Caleb Etienne, transfer left tackle from Oklahoma State. He's here. 
If you have never seen Caleb Etienne and you're just pulling up uh, pictures of him, he is enormous. He looks like Hagrid. He is probably what I would imagine Goliath would have looked like. He could have been Andre the Giant, uh, whatever his role was in The Princess Bride, if they ever remake The Princess Bride. He makes Kingsley Suamataia look small, and Kingsley's 6'7", 325. Caleb Etienne is one enormously large human being. I'm pretty sure that if Caleb went mono Ibero with the grizzly bear, it would be a fight. I don't know that Caleb beats the grizzly bear, but I don't know for sure that he loses either. It would be close. If I went up against a grizzly bear, I am just going to be cast aside because I'm too fatty of meat for that bear to consume. If somebody of your stature goes up against a grizzly bear, your dinner right away, immediately. If Caleb goes up against a grizzly bear, I think he's getting to like the third or fourth bell at least. There's several rounds of that fight. He is a large, large human being. And that's the most exciting thing that I can say about him. I think he's a very good player. I think he needs to improve as a run blocker, but BYU's wide zone scheme, that makes it a little bit easier on the run blockers. I think he's an elite pass blocker. But more than anything, boy, he's huge. He's just huge. He is just gigantic. And he struggled a lot in a lot of games last year, right? But it's like, it's the talent is there, right? The talent is there. And the size is there that he can be amazing. And it like, you look at the pictures of him next to other people. Like he is a behemoth of a person. Yes, he is. He's just big. So that's happening. Caleb Etienne. Um, What has quickly become my favorite name to pronounce, which is saying a lot on a team full of Polynesians AJ Vongfachong from Utah State has also transferred in. Linebacker uh, really solidifies that starting unit. Uh, I think he's kind of an inside guy. People keep trying to convince me he's going to play on the edge. I get that he did some pass rush stuff at Utah State, but I just don't see that happening. I think he's going to be more of an inside guy at BYU. But he's good. So, great. Um, and then the last thing, really, Garrett, I mean, there's still going to be more in the transfer portal. Harry Taggart is somebody that they are looking at. Uh, they're looking at, I know, a couple of defensive backs, a couple more wide receivers, maybe an offensive lineman. I know of two or three defensive tackles that they're kicking the doors on or the tires on right now as well. So they're not done in the transfer portal, not by by any stretch of the imagination. I think Lasseter was the 14th guy that we brought in. I think so. So far. So it's expect a few more. Uh, I think I like where we sit with Harrison Taggart. Let's leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he's going to be making his decision uh, here quickly in the next week or so. Um, but I think, so I guess where I think we need one, maybe two receivers, if we can get, get them, especially uh, getting uh, a chan- a guy like Chance Morrow as, as like a, a multi-year guy who can come in at receiver uh, would be great. And offensive lineman, 
We've got a ton. Dude, we brought in how many linemen have we brought in? It's brought in more than like one. Waylon Lapuaho, the Ian Fitzgerald from Missouri State. We got in Caleb ETN. You know, we brought in Paul Miley. Jake Eichhorn. He, he could end up being the best of the That's a whole five. That's, yeah. a, that's we brought in a whole starting five. So wrapped up. Uh the I mean, that's it for recruiting. Keep an eye, the portal is not, I mean, new people can't go into the portal and you know. They can't go into the portal, but they can take their time to wrap up and get where they're going. And that's really it that we have for our show today. We did have, uh, there's some alignment stuff. There's Dennis Dodds. I mean, the biggest thing with realignment is Dennis Dodd released an article saying that ESPN was done talking to the Pac-12. Immediately after that, Ross Dellinger and Nicole Auerbach, within two minutes of each other, both sent out tweets that are worded very similarly at the same time saying source off having a source off and Dennis Dodds went on th- uh, 365 today. I think the, the interview should be up on YouTube. Um, but he's saying like, no, he's like, he, I mean, and it could honestly, it's not necessarily that one of them is wrong. Like they are reporting, but they are told from their sources. And exactly. are Dodd went on. He said, look, I talked to people at ESPN. I mean, there can be different changes. Like maybe he's talking about ESPN as the primary or tier one or having the bulk of the games versus, you know, you know, whatever. And so it could be, you know, that it's, he's talking, they're only interested in tier three or pay, you know, purchasing whatever. And so it's, there could be semantics talking past each other, but it's really interesting. And I think if we see something, it's going to happen in the next 10 days. So I'm going to say if it's by May 15th, we don't hear anything, or there's not at least rumors of something. Everyone's probably staying pat, but still no deal. Big 12 is still 12. We'll see if they're 14 when they go to Mexico in a couple of years. But Jeff, it's been a good week. We will, uh, you know, work is kind of taking a little lull. The quarter's over. Tax season's over. Your big, you know, all the worry of in your banking industry at the end of the year. So we'll be wrapping up here, but uh, we'll get back in our regular schedule, start doing our summer previews. Until next week, Jeff, give them hell. Give them hell.